0: I'm sitting next to Andy Payne from 4 Zs. Paradigm Shift. Welcome aboard, Andy. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> and Revel from EDO, the Environmental Defender's Office. That's uh, Gabriella from Bismuth, Brisbane Climate Save. And on my right, uh, here's Cal. You're working with uh, Sam next to you in Refugee Solidarity Mianjin. So, as you can see, a diverse range of people from a diverse range of organisations which reflects the diversity here today. Uh, You know, as varied as Christine from the uh, Quakers working with the Peace Movement uh, through to uh, Rocky and the Gang in the Anti-Poverty Network. And so one of the issues that we're trying to work through today is how we work together, how we harness that diversity and use that diversity to be stronger together. So that's our awkward little two-word slogan, stronger together. So, Sam, perhaps I could kick off by just getting you to talk about some of the issues in balancing, say, uh, First Nation issues and refugee issues. There's the potential for tension because you've got... Um, recent arrivals, with all of the implications of a settler culture, having quite different issues uh, with First Nations people that have been here for
1: 600 centuries. There's a difference between a colonising force and a settling force. Um, You know, a a colonising population, a settler population. Um, A settler population actually has more in common uh, with Aboriginal people um, than it does with its own ruling class. You know, working class people who are non-Indigenous, to these lands um, have more in common with Aboriginal people um, who are being exploited and oppressed by the same people that working class people are being uh, oppressed and exploited by. So that's kind of where I see the solidarity between uh, Aboriginal people and working class people, um, you know, and all all other forms of oppression, you know, refugees who are oppressed, the climate being exploited. Um, you know, sexism, homophobia, all these things um, affect us and they all come from the same place. They come from the ruling class. So, so you,
0: yeah. you, you see that class is the unifying issue across all of those debates or struggles?
1: Yeah, I'd say that class is the biggest denominator um, and, you know, other forms of oppression along lines of race or gender or sexuality. Um, you know, people like to say that they insect, but I think they actually just go parallel they kind of serve uh, class uh, class uh, oppression in so many ways, like the div- the division that's created by the ruling class between Aboriginal people, uh, refugees, and uh, you know like European settlers um, is a division that only serves the ruling class. Okay, So,
0: Rebel, you work in the Environmental Defenders Office, so you are looking at the world through a legal framework rather than a class framework. I mean, we live in a country that claims to live under a rule of law. How do you see these kind of diverse issues being addressed by law and how do you work with that in the Defenders Office?
2: Our legal system here, I guess, is the foundation of it so uh, in terms of it being you know imposed upon the people here um, without their consent um, and with no recognition of them so I think that you know if we start from that point and move on and me as an agent I really recognize that I'm an agent of that legal system as a lawyer here so I'm getting feedback you know even as a lawyer I am simultaneously trying to work with the system and also trying to change the system, which is... Um,
0: it can be an awkward position to be in. in
2: indeed, yeah, and especially, um, you know, even me being here today is a bit controversial in terms of the associations with, like, uh, groups who are working outside of the legal system, which I have full respect for, and obviously a lot of our social movements have, um, throughout history, have uh, have the catalyst has been people working outside of legal systems and challenging them and, and getting change that way because of the system that we're working in isn't actually representing their interests.
0: So, Andy, I mean, you've done a lot of uh, civil disobedience actions and so on. How would you sort of respond to that description of the law and the fact that we live under a rule of law?
3: Civil disobedience can be used for a lot of various reasons. There's a lot of different motivations that you have for it from a really strong, I guess, anarchist point of view that... You know, there's no consent to be governed from us. We're born into a system and so we should do whatever we feel is right, whether it's legal or not. But then there's also an aspect of it that is about trying to challenge specific unjust laws. And and so when it comes to that, there's such a role for lawyers to play is that these two real opposite ends, the people that break the law and the people that spend their lives memorising the law, (laughs) work together. For conservation aims, that's been the way it's always been in Australia's Environmental movement history is that these two things work side by side, and so, in any terms like that, it's like we've got to work with what we've got and we've got to make the best use of people's skills and where people have access. And so, I think one of the great things about civil disobedience is that it doesn't require five years at law school or anything like that to be a part of winning conservation gains or other things like that, but actually it uses what everybody has, that is their bodies, their passion, you know, whatever skills they can bring, but um, but it's not enough on its own, that's the thing, and we need a wide range of people. in.
0: Yeah, and I mean I guess the overarching issue is that we all need each other. We I love breaking
4: the law, it's really fun, I know it's really controversial to say that it's really um, liberating and empowering. Not, And I don't mean breaking the law to hurt other people or to hurt the environment or animals. I just mean um, showing resistance and dissent is extremely empowering and, as a bonus, it's really fun.
0: So, Gabriella, how do you navigate the um, need for a moral framework and, you know, doing the right thing by other people and the... Uh, role of the law in, you know, guiding us to do the right thing by a legal definition? Yeah,
4: it's it's tricky because, like, I value rules and systems. There's a value in that. Like, with my daughter, I give her boundaries because they're the things that keep her safe or that teach her... How we treat other people and when she's gone past a boundary she understands it So it's not that I'm anti-rule or anti-law, but I'm anti-oppression And I'm anti all the things that bad laws do which is they hurt people they hurt communities They hurt animals they hurt our very existence
0: Rebel, as the lawyer in the the panel can you just respond to that?
2: I mean I I signed up as a lawyer I have to respect the law and my job is to um, advise people what the law is Um, and you know I think the uh, the beauty of today is that we are all coming from different sides of the the work for more justice um, and that's a big cultural shift. It takes everybody speaking to very different parts of society to, to get the changes that we need to, on all fronts, to, to create a more just society on all levels. So, um, I, as I said at the start, I really understand the space for civil disobedience and not all of it is violence, obviously. There's a lot of beautiful, peaceful civil disobedience. It's incredibly powerful and brings community together and, um, and whatnot. Um, uh, My role (laughs) isn't in that space but they can sit side by side in in terms of people can come to me to to use their rights under the law and people can um, go elsewhere to to find out other ways where they're seeing that that pathway isn't what speaks to them and their social change philosophy.